You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Ulysses, it is another edition of Ramblin' Rays. It's a Friday, so that means it is Ramblin' Rays time. And today we have guest listener Dan Foley joining us on the program and what I thought was a very fun discussion with Dan. Very fun. Uh, we had a lot of topics. It was like we put them on the hot seat, not only for trivia, but also for, for the first part of, uh, of the show. And uh, I, I think we had a blast, all of them. Uh, all the topics, we, we really covered them pretty well. We went through Sister City. We went to Stu's comments. We went to Sunino Snell Game 6. I mean, we really hit everything. The 2020 season, it was really fun to talk to, to Dan uh, uh, about you know, his, his fandom and, and what he thinks about these different topics. Maybe the biggest revelation out of all of this was the fact that Dan was converted from a Yankees fan to a Rays fan. His father was as well. Isn't that cool? And living in Florida. So it can be done. It can happen. Keep trying, Rays fans. Keep trying, Tampa Bay Rays, to convert some of those Northeastern converts into Rays fans. And I don't think, in speaking with Dan, it didn't seem like it was like a a fair-weather part-time, oh, the Yankees aren't in town, so I will root for the Rays. No, he's a Rays fan now. Yeah, 100%. And for a while now, since 2008, so good for that run. That run did a lot of good um, for for the Tampa Bay Rays fandom. And we hope, although 2020 was uh, different and and, and odd uh, for a baseball season, that it also gave a little boost for Tampa Bay Rays fandom. Uh, But anyway, Dan, great interview. A lot of fun with trivia. Uh, It's going to be a great show. Yes. And and remember, if you are interested in joining us for an episode, being part of our Friday shows, just shoot us an email, lockedonrays at gmail.com. Now, before we get to Dan, got to tell you about Built Bar, also known as the most delicious and greatest protein bar on the planet. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including six New flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Here's what you need to know about these delicious, delicious built bars that uh, I have a whole box of them in my house. Well, not anymore. I ate them all. Uh, They're (laughs) covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet if you're on that or not even on the keto diet. I mean, they're just uh, a healthy snack for you. Um, if you don't believe us, uh, here's a look at the peanut butter flavor, for example. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. We know you want some built Bars. It'd make a great stocking stuffer and or uh, Christmas Hanukkah gift. 
if you want and you really want to surprise your uh, gift giver over there, um, to get some, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for 20% off at builtbar.com. Okay, Ulysses, it is time for another edition of Ramblin' Rays, where we bring on a Locked On Rays listener to help us steer the program on a Friday. And today we have another very special guest by the name of Dan Foley. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm so happy. That's awesome. I, I got to say, your background there, it looks like there's like just a concrete wall behind you. Usually when we have our guests on, they've got like some raised gear and paraphernalia and everything. And I, I must say my background and Ulysses background might actually for a first time ever look better <laughs> than a guest <laughs> listener's background. I'm sorry. I had to point it out. Yeah. I'm just at a coffee shop uh, next to my work. So this is the wall that's next to the coffee shop. Okay. That's commitment. That's commitment. That's like, and you know, you got to make the, 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 the winter meetings. You got to make the, the locked on race, uh, interview. So you, you got to do what you got to do, Kevin. I, I hey, appreciate. If, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. If I have to leave my desk to do this interview, it's okay. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. I would not have the, I guess, gumption to record in a coffee shop or outside of a coffee shop. So I credit you to that. Uh, first things first here, Dan, just a little bit of background on yourself. Um, where you're from, how you became a Rays fan, uh, what you do, just kind of a lay of the land of Dan Foley. Um, I grew up in St. Augustine, uh, so I'm a Florida native. And uh, I started out as a Yankees fan, actually. Uh, I have to admit it, uh, because my dad was from upstate New Jersey near New York City. Uh, and we had baseball on all the time, but in the early 2000s, it was kind of difficult to watch a whole bunch of Yankees games in Florida. <laughs> so we ended up having the two teams we could watch on were the Marlins and the Rays on the Fox Sports channels. And uh, we, we had them both on for a while. I, we watched a little bit more Marlins fan, Marlins games. Um, I got to see Miguel, young Miguel Cabrera when he was playing with the Marlins for a while and nice. Dontra Willis, who kicked his leg up way above his head when he was pitching. <laughs> That's right. um, but we kind of got hooked into the magic of the 08 World Series run with the Rays um, and David Price coming up and Longo and all that. And since the postseason of 2008, we've been Rays fans and watching the Rays 100%. I like that you said we. So am I to understand correctly that your father, who had been a Yankee fan for what we can assume had been decades, he actually changed his devotion for an MLB team to the race? Yeah, that would be correct. He's a convert. Uh, Kevin, can we just see? It is possible. That, let's give it, him it a is hand possible. to Mr. Foley. Look at that. That's amazing. Miracles can happen, and that is a miracle that we – People out there are converting from Yankees fans to Rays fans. See, see, Dan and his family, they're part of the solution, not part of the problem there. So, <laughs> That's right. Um, of course, Dan, I mean, it's been a pretty busy week, week and a half for, for Rays baseball. And if you're a baseball fan, um, one of the – I wouldn't say it was a blockbuster trade by any means, but certainly a newsworthy trade in the fact that the Rays sent – Nate Lowe to the Rangers for a slew of prospects and um, Ulysses and I, and I guess the Rays fan contingent out there kind of disagreed on this maneuver. Where do you stand on, 
on the deal there for the Rays? I don't know if, how to feel about it yet. Uh, the Rays usually tend to get these kind of trades right, so I'm more inclined to trust them than not. Um, but I wasn't one of the prospects an outfield catcher prospect, which is an yes. interesting combination, but I think catcher is one of the biggest weak spots on the roster that we really needed to address somehow. So I appreciate the fact that they're going after catcher talent, young catching talent. I want to interject here because now that we're we're talking about catching, well, another news broke out during this week that Mr. Mike Zunino, uh, basically Kevin's best friend, uh, is re-upping with the Rays. Now, how do you feel about that? Because I think, in my opinion, there are three types of Rays fans. The ones who love what Zunino does behind the plate in the pitching and they don't care at all if he strikes out 100% of the time. They're like, nope, give give me some Zunino. The other batch of Rays fans is like, I do not want him to wear a Rays jersey unless he's in his living room. And the third are, they understand that there has to be some compromise. So in which bucket do you fall into? I definitely uh, categorize myself in a, as a third category. Uh, I think he does pretty darn good work behind the plate. Um, and he's just, he's a hard guy not to like. He's very energetic and um, I appreciate that. But man, he struggles at the plate. And I know he had a couple clutch moments in the postseason, but that was a couple clutch moments out of a whole <laughs> lot of strikeouts. Right. Um, so I, there's some compromise there. Yeah. So I, I appreciate what he does. I hope he can get better, but I don't know if he's a, any kind of long-term solution. Yeah. And, and I agree with you, Dan. I think it's one of those things where Ulysses and I, and I think a lot of people were out there, let's go out and trade for Wilson Contreras. Let's go out and sign X, Y, and Z. The Rays have to have some sort of safety net. And I think Mike Zanino is that safety net. Ideally, he's kind of, he doesn't play more than half of the games, but I think you have to appreciate what he brings to the table as far as working with the pitchers and his leadership and the fact that, I mean, he did pretty much catch every game in the postseason. And I know he's had injury issues in the past that may have prevented him from totally uh, realizing his, his offensive potential. Look, he's never going to be what he was in, in Seattle by any means, but I understand the move, the fact that they were able to bring him back at 50% of the cost. And, you know, Ulysses and I will get into this, I'm sure more of next week, but um, I I will say it better not be the, it better not be Zanino and it's done. They better go out and try to find another one, a one B catching option besides, uh, did they sign Ulysses to a minor league deal? Somebody named Joe Odom, I guess, who I never heard before. So who had 18 games uh, under his belt with Seattle. So I guess we're really into Seattle Mariners talent behind the dish, but yeah, we'll get, we'll get more into it, but I do, you know, this is painting a good picture of Dan uh, understanding that the compromises that need to be made, uh, but understanding also the reality that, Hey, you know, you have to improve at the plate. And I, and I think a lot of race fans feel this way now, uh, I think we're we're going to hit major topics here, Dan, because we're going, you know, this is rapid fire here. I want to go back, what, is it two months now? Is it two months ago already? Wow, October. Um, oh how how did you live that, that, that postseason? Uh, how exciting was this run uh, as a race fan to, to go to the World Series to, in game six? I mean, how did you live it? 
It was absolutely thrilling, and I lived it without sleeping very much. <laughs> uh, I just, I was not expecting that this from this year. I mean, after last year, we got to the um, wild card series, and I was expecting them to be pretty good, but I don't know if I was expecting a deep playoff run. I thought I was probably expecting similar to last year, and then we just kind of kept winning. And I was staying up on the edge of the couch, like trying not to yell in the living room while uh, all my roommates were asleep. And uh, it was just, I, thrilling is definitely the way to describe it. Um, it's frustrating at times, but you ha- I tried to do my best to be an optimist and enjoy all the excitement, especially all the highlights like the Brasso home run and the game four of the world series. Like how can you not enjoy either of those things to the max? Right. What was your favorite moment of the, maybe just the entire season and the playoff run in the world series. Was there one that really stands out? That'll be like, okay, I'm definitely never going to forget this thing that happened right here. Well, the obvious answer is the ending of game four with, I just, I was cracking up to myself when I saw Randy laying on the ground, just like laughing and patting <laughs> home plate over and over again. But if I had to give an answer be, beyond that, because that's what everyone's going to say, is I think it was, it was in the ALCS, might have been game three, where it was the game where the Rays were just absolutely covering the entire field defensively and KK and Renfro were laying out for balls in the outfield. (laughs) And I just, that was a spectacular defensive showing all around. I think that's the game where seven Wendell's played. uh, I think five Kiermaier's were in play. And was it three Renfro's Kevin? I I can't keep track of uh, of them all. Yeah. And a partridge in a pear tree, I think as well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, a lot of moments in that series for sure. Manny Margot as well was yeah. something special with that too. Um, well, it was Dan that brought it up and this has kind of become widely known between us and Dan is that he is a huge, huge, huge fan of Kevin Kiermeyer. Is that correct? That is most certainly correct. Okay. A uh, couple things here. A, why do you love Kevin Kiermeyer so much? And B, uh, are, are you starting to become like realizing that at some point they may have to move off from Kiermaier considering his salary and, and where you stand with that? Uh, I think as far as why I like him so much, the, one of the main reasons is I played outfield in little league and high school and I center field is my absolute favorite and I enjoy offense in baseball. It's, it's, fun to watch and it's fun to do if you can manage to do it well enough because it's quite (laughs) difficult Mm -hmm. but I think what I enjoy watching the most about baseball is defense because that's where I think people really show off their speed and their awareness and uh, it's most of my favorite highlights to watch are on defense so it's natural that I would be a big fan of the center fielder on my favorite team who plays great defense um yeah, that that would be why I like him. But as far as his salary goes, and I guess he's not that old, but his age a little bit. Uh, he's he's no longer a young gun, I guess. I, I do kind of understand that they're going to have to move on. We had to move on from Longo, and that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's I'm just trying to enjoy 
him while he's here and his spectacular play. And I'll miss him when he's gone, despite his salary. I, I, I think I need to put, you know, Dan here on the hot seat, Kevin. So um, not, not with trivia, but kind of with a prop. Not bet. yet. Here you go. Okay. You, you're, you're, we're going to get to a, a prop bet. Is Kevin Kiermeyer wearing a Rays uniform come opening day? 2021, whenever that is, because MLB hasn't decided. So if it's in May, March, April, or July, is Kevin Kiermeyer wearing a Rays uniform? I don't think he will be, unfortunately. Wow. I think the, the front office is not going not gonna to like having that contract on the books this year. And I think some yeah. other team will be very eager to have such a good defensive player. I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we we all agreed that the the money is a, a little bit too heavy after a pandemic, especially for the race, especially after Stu's comments, um, and and ten million dollars. Uh, look, if I were the owner and slash the GM slash the guy, I'd I'd keep KK. I'd keep KK because I don't I don't know if you're going to be able to maximize his value for what he actually does on the field. Because how many other teams? Uh, look at def- defense the way that the Rays do. So if there are not a, that many teams that do that, then the pool of the market now shrinks. And and, and now yeah. the ones that are willing to actually get a center fielder, how many of those are in need? So I, I think if it were up to me and I think Dan, and I don't know if I'm speaking for you too, Kevin, but I would keep Kevin Kiermaier. No, I, I agree. And I think it's one of those things too. I'm not, look, I, I think they are trying one way or the other to move off that salary, but I also wonder if maybe it's, could it be, I guess it all depends also on if and when George Springer signs the team that loses out on signing him, if they try to go get Kevin Kiermeyer after that. The other thing too, is maybe the Rays wait and see the development of some of their other prospects, perhaps uh, Josh Lowe in the, the minors, if he's tearing it up and continues his defensive tear, maybe they think at the trade deadline, okay, Here's the time we're ready for for Josh. It's Josh Lowe season now. Let, let's go ahead and, and move on from KK. There, I think there's a lot of things tied into that. And Ulysses, you really made a great point about Kevin Kiermeyer and his value and how the Rays probably appreciate him more than maybe another organization or another team. It, it's kind of like the Zanino scenario. He's he's more valuable yeah. to the Rays than another team, especially the fact that two seasons in, he's very very familiar with the pitching staff and how that team runs and operates. I mean, you just go to Twitter. Um, I know fans aren't necessarily agreeing, but Aaron Sleegers, Ryan Thompson, Shane McClanahan, they were going to bat, so to speak, pretty yeah. pretty strongly for Zanino. So that has to definitely count for something besides just looking at, okay, he's a, a zero-war player, according to Fangraphs and Baseball Reference. I think it goes a little bit beyond that. But, yeah, the, the Kevin Kiermeyer question – Ulysses, are we putting a prop bet on that now, or is this, this just for Dan? I don't know if I'm ready to answer that yet. No, I mean, no, if you, I, if you honestly, want to make me answer, I wanna, it. I, I, I'm going to be cheap here. I'm going to I want to squirrel myself out of this conversation. Just I, yeah. I, I wanted to put Dan in this conversation. This now is Dan's bet. Dan's, this is Dan's bet. This is and Dan's prop bet. <laughs> we know where we know where Dan stands here. Right. Okay, and and kind of tied off into that. Uh, of course, Dan, the Rays have already made a lot of moves. In I mean getting rid of guys or, or not re-signing them. Um, what do you think of the team in 2021? I know a lot still has to shake out between now and then, but um, are you still confident this team can not only be a playoff team, but also maybe make it back to the 
ALCS, World Series, et cetera, or you're still kind of holding forward and I, I want to see what they do with the pitching staff, the catching scenario and, and everything like that. I'm probably between the two, uh, two categories you proposed. I'm very excited. I still think there's a lot of talent on this team. Um, and they showed it last season. And I think a lot of the postseason slumping was probably just a mid season slump that happened for multiple people in the postseason because it was a short season. So I think in the length of a full season, if it happens, things will improve offensively with the same group of guys. Um, but I am, there's a hole at catcher. I'm firmly in that camp and I'm very, very disappointed that we lost Charlie. I was, I really wanted Charlie back. And you know, so I, it, I'm not sure how they're going to fill his hole. This, this is it. And if you go back to around 2008, um, you, you can see the quotes from everybody in the Razor organization always saying, you do not want to go out there looking for pitching. That's the one thing we don't ever want to do is, is go for free agents. You had Charlie Morton in your hands for 15 mil. You let him get away and he signed for 15 mil. That's all he wanted. He wanted his money. Uh, the, the Rays now, what are they going to do? Because now he goes, what, Snell? Last now, Yarbrough, and number four and a five, five. What are we looking at here? Josh Fleming, Aaron Sleegers, uh, you know Joe Ryan. I mean, who who is going to step up? Who's going to be the next guy? Your thoughts on that, Dan, or it's still kind of a wait to see? Um, it's probably still kind of wait and see. Again, the Rays always have good pitching talent and good pitching prospects. That's what I think I've noticed about them for ages is they, they have good young pitchers It's just which ones, which one is going to step up into a big time starting pitching role um, out of all the guys you listed, maybe Brendan McKay, if he's recovered, wasn't he right. injured? So. Yeah, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, I still find it so funny that there's rumors that the Rays might go out and sign like Chris Archer to a minor league deal with an invite to, Spring yes. training just to kick the tires on that. And it's kick probably the tires be... on Corey Kluber. Kick the tires on Kluber. Okay. They're on expensive. Adam Wainwright. You know, whatever, man. They're not worth no. I don't think Corey Kluber is gonna sign for anything more than 15 mil. Do you think so? A year? Well, I mean, it too much money for the raise is what I'm saying. Okay. Sounds like they don't want to pay a pitcher 15 mil. So yeah, they, they want to <laughs> pay a pitcher three mil. That's what they want to do. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, yeah. um, like if it was the difference between, okay, we could have Corey Kluber for 12 million or Charlie Morton for 15 million. You might as well just sign Charlie Morton in right. that case. And, and this is all assuming that Blake Snell isn't traded this yeah. off season, which could happen. Right. Although Scott Boris, his agent doesn't think it will happen, but um, Scott Boris has been, wrong before and he'll be wrong again of course and the Rays do <laughs> operate uh, on a different basis than some other teams out there um, Dan moving on to kind of looking ahead to 2021 and everything with that um, you know I, I believe that with the vaccine coming out now and MLB trying to play mostly a full slate of games whether it's 130 140 150 160 spring training everything like that are you or will you be comfortable attending a game if that was your plan or has been your plan uh, this coming season? I think I'll be comfortable as soon as I get a vaccine. Um, I've All been right. pretty cautious about the whole thing. Uh, I have older parents who I see a fair amount, so I'm mainly concerned for them. But 
once there's a vaccine and I, I get a chance to get it, then I'll be happy going to a game again. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and you know what? I think we've, we've set this with people that we have been on. It would be fantastic, Kevin, if we actually get to do like a major Tropicana field party, a, a, mm-hmm. a, a rambling race, locked on race, party at the Trop, and, and, and we can all have some, some, some good times uh, watching. I don't know. Who, who do we watch? The Asterix, the, the Yankees, the Red Sox? Who, who, who do you think would be a, a most uh, fun uh, matchup there, Kev? Ooh. It'd be nice if everybody had their vaccine by opening day. That'd be exciting. Do the race, oh, I, although I don't know if they're starting opening day at home. Their first home they're series, not. that would be nice. Okay. Yeah. It'd be great to be able to meet up at FanFest, but I don't even know if that's going to be a thing this year, if it's going to be right. virtual. And again, that's yeah. not really, I don't think, enough time to get the vaccine for everybody and, and everything like that. Um, Ulysses, I'm going to let you ask this question. Of course, there's been a lot of talk about Stu Sternberg, the split city scenario, Montreal. I know you're chopping at the bit to get <laughs> uh, a Rays fan's perspective, Dan's perspective on this. So I'll let you throw it away. If you want to ask a leading question, that's fine as well. I, I won't, I won't bite on that. You know, I don't think my questions are leading ones at all. I just think, you know, I just gotta, yeah, I gotta give the proposition, the full proposition go. first. Uh, you know, again, Stu's comments about a week ago, we went over them. I, uh, I, I know you have some sort of opinion with it. Do you believe that this sister city concept is going to be the way um, do you like the sister city concept? I mean, where do you lie in that whole Montreal, uh, St. Pete, Montreal, Tampa, or Montreal completely? I mean, wh- what's going on in your head? I have a feeling it's going to backfire on Stu because I guess he's, he's not looking for as much money from either city, but I feel like asking for money from two cities is harder than asking for money from one city. Uh, So I can't necessarily say I see it working out. I also can't say I'm a fan of it at all. Um, I think it's going to be harder to get a fan base in either city so excited about it when they're only there for half the time. Um, And obviously, I'm a Rays fan. I live in Florida. I want to see them Mm -hmm. always be in Florida so I can go to more games. that, that about sums it up, I think. I, I can't see it working. I hope it doesn't work. Good luck, Stu. Not really. Best case scenario. <laughs> Best case scenario is what in your in your head? Is it a Hillsborough uh, new stadium, uh, retractable roof, or always closed? Is it, you know what, let's just use the TROP site uh, and, and, you know, make it a new stadium or re- renovate it? I mean, what's the best case scenario for you, Dan, as a race fan? I think the absolute best case is a new stadium somewhere in Hillsborough, like the Ebor Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. I I am firmly of the belief that the traffic situation is one of the things that causes the attendance issues, and it just it's almost impossible if you live somewhere in Tampa to in Hillsborough to go all the way to the Trop and drive across the causeway and park and get into the game and then come all the way back you're you're staying up very late for a lot of working people and people in la and other bigger cities always comment uh on the rays being like oh it takes forever to get to dodger stadium but it still fills up well they have decades and decades of multi-generations of fans and the rays don't have that yet 
Right. The, the Rays needed to be a little bit more accessible to start building that up better. And I think a Hillsborough stadium would, would make it much easier, especially considering the um, way the population in Hillsborough and Pinellas counties is growing. It definitely leans towards Hillsborough. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and to that, uh, to the Dodger fan comments and a lot of other big markets. Yeah. Also public transportation is a big issue too. Uh, and, and how to get to the stadium. Cause I mean, there are <laughs> so many bridges that you can cross to get to Tropicana field and they're limited. So I think that's also a big thing. Imagine if they had a, a high speed ferry kind of deal from, from Bayshore to, to St. Peter, something, give us something, something. Uh, you know, a, a rail, <laughs> anything really. I mean, stick yes. it to the wall, call Tesla, call Elon Musk and, and let's get some ideas popping here. Uh, but something has to be done. Look, the, the only way I'd really be okay with the, the Montreal plan going forward is if the Toronto Raptors get to play half their NBA season in Tampa. <laughs> okay. Then I will trade you. The Rays get to play half the season uh, in another country in Canada. That is, that is really the only perspective that I see where I would, I would be okay with the trade-off there, even though I think <laughs> Toronto and Montreal aren't even like close at all. I could be wrong. At, why isn't, I, I think they're five hours by, by car, but why isn't ter- the Toronto Blue Jays people upset about Montreal talking to the race? Because, I mean, you're, right now you're the sole Canada yeah. team why would you want somebody else competing for your, for your market, for, 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 for your product? I, I think, if anything, we really need to hope as race fans that want to keep 81 games here in the Bay Area, we want the Blue Jays to start making some noise saying, uh-uh, right, you're not doing this. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things with that. One, I think they might like it from the perspective of, I don't know if their network, Rogers Communications, would pick up. Montreal and that would be more money for them. Also the travel would be a lot easier for those quote unquote road games. Although it's got to be kind of fun going to Florida for some games as well and already having spring <laughs> right. training there. And, and probably some players have some off season homes there like a Marcus Stroman among others. I, I don't really know the exact answer to that. It's, it's very interesting from how you, how you all want to look at it. And yeah, I mean with, with the, the split cities, uh, plan and and the decision on whether and where to put a stadium in Tampa or Hillsborough County. It just, I think that, you know, th- those other cities that, that say, Oh, you guys are terrible for not wanting to sit through traffic and, and attending the games. Dan's a hundred percent right on that about those fan bases having legacies. Also those cities have a lot more people LA compared to, to <laughs> right. Tampa Bay. Even the entire Tampa Bay region is, is night and day. Um, but also by the same token, I think Stu has to realize this, that, you know, this area is growing as well. A thousand people are moving to Florida a day. And if you stick that stadium in Tampa, you're going to draw, uh, I think a lot of people from Pasco County, Wesley Chapel, the, I guess probably the, the highest income zip code in the area, tons of people from that area are going to Tampa Bay lightning games every home game they have season tickets and so on and so forth. So I, some, I think it can be, it can work from that perspective. Some people from Orlando might even make the drive for some weekend games too, which it's almost yeah. impossible for them to do that unless they spend the night uh, now. But if it's closer to Tampa, some people might be willing to do that or closer to Orlando. I mean, some people might be willing to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now look, enough stadium talk. We've given Stu his, uh, his airtime, just like, uh-huh. just like we have wander talk, 
quota to fill. We also have student yeah. quotas to, to fill. So our boss has literally emailed us this morning and said, make sure you hammer on Stu Sternberg. Make sure you mention Wander Franco, which we did. We didn't yeah. say anything really about him. We just mentioned his name. So we're it's, it's in it's in our contract. That inventory. Just, just, you, yes. you gotta say Wander Franco. Um so moving on from that, I want to just we did we are, we're doing like a, a survey in Rambling Race, which I actually we might have to uh go ahead and, and email Ana de Tomaso because I don't think we we got to uh, ask her this question. Uh, but Dan Game six. 11 outs away. How do you feel about Snell being taken out after two months of stewing about it? Uh, how, what was your first impression during the game? What was your impression after the game? And how has that evolved or has it evolved two months later? Oh, the big question. <laughs> um, I can't say I was a fan of the the exact move in the moment. And I can't say that I've grown more fond of it since then. Um, he was absolutely lights out smoking them away. And I understand that it's a tight game. You're concerned, but, uh, I think maybe, I don't know. there's, There's somewhere in between just letting him ride it totally and not having any backup plan. And, yanking him so quickly i think you could let him face another batter or two and have someone warming but you don't necessarily have to just yank him um because i any any move you make where the other team is laughing and grinning and like saying oh thank god they took him out oh is a bad move if you're making the other team happy with what you're doing a hundred percent a hundred percent. I think uh, we, we, I, I still have nightmares. I wake up sometimes in the cold sweat and say, oh, man, cash. God, God, God dang it. <laughs> Why did you pull him out? <laughs> yeah, I think we, we've learned that there has to be some nuance to a situation like that, that you just can't go by the Excel spreadsheet and say, this is what we do. We've got to do this a hundred percent of the time. Also, I'm campaigning that that World Series needs to have an asterisk on it, not because of the shortened season, but the fact that Justin Turner had COVID and I think MLB knew about it and they still let him play because think about it. The Rays had a day or two of rest and they were Mm -hmm. able to get some other pitchers healthy. All right, we're rolling out glass now. Charlie Morton, we're throwing the kitchen sing at you and we can get by with maybe just scoring one or two runs and winning this whole. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they let someone play who didn't have a conclusive negative test. That was the thing right. that alarmed me at first is if something comes back unsure. The the default is not to just let him go out and mingle with people. Or if it doesn't come back in time, guess what? You don't get to play. I mean, that that yep. was the whole thing. And it's not like, oh, well, it was so busy at the at the at the research center. There were only two teams <laughs> playing by this time. So you t- you're telling me that you could do with 30 teams, but not with two with the world watching uh, th- this this platform. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable, but uh, I, I don't know about the asterisks, Kevin. I think that that's only for 2017 and 2018 in, in my book. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Ulysses, do you have any other questions for Dan before we move on to the hot seat that is one. baseball trivia? Okay, I have one. Is he ready to be put on the hot seat? Well, it's kind of cool out here. There's a nice breeze, <laughs> so I'd appreciate a hot seat. Let's go. 
Awesome. Where are you, by the way? What part of Florida are you situated right now? I'm in Gainesville. Uh, I'm a okay. Gator and I stayed here after I graduated working. Cool. Mike Zanino territory. Look at that. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Zanino <laughs> country. Okay. Uh, Ulysses, I will let you present your question and or questions to Dan here. All right. So my first question for Dan is defensive minded uh who holds the record for highest defensive war in a race uniform in reigns franchise history who holds the highest defensive war man being a kk fan it's hard not to say him immediately but i don't i don't know if there's some recency bias there i mean he's with the team for a while um so he's had lots of opportunities to do that. Uh, I mean, I guess Carl Crawford could be another answer, but I, I think I'm going to stick with Kiermaier. I know. Yep. This is it. Sticking That's correct. Kevin Kiermaier. Good job. Uh, number two is Longo, actually, with 13. Oh. Kevin uh, yeah. Kiermaier has a record with 16 uh, right now. So he holds that record. And if he's in a raised uniform for, for years to come, that, that number will sure be increasing. Um, number two, Kevin Kiermaier, look at that, uh, has played in 729 regular season games. 729. Can you guess how many games he has missed during the regular season over the course of his career Counting regular off days and, of course, his injury-related absences uh, throughout his seven-year Major League career. So, again, he's played in 729. How many has he missed in that time? Oof. He's he's had several injuries. Yes. He's missed (laughs) a fair amount of time. So, what's that? Seven seasons? So, six full seasons and one half season? Uh, uh, seven, yeah, something like that, yes. So, 1,200-something games total. Uh, so, I guess I'd say maybe he's missed 384. Okay, you exceeded the limit, but I, I like the math that you're making. Go considerably lower, but you're, you're, you're in the right math area. 184. Strike two? Ooh. 234. Oh, my, Kevin, he almost had it. 239. I think we should I, give it, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, cool, I right? think you got to give it. First of all, I, I would never. This is a classic Ulysses question where it's <laughs> near impossible to answer this correctly. Like, if you get within like 20 of it, you got to give Dan the answer on that one. So yeah, we got to give strike, it to him. He gets it. Five games over two thirty nine is is a pretty low percentage. So I'm an engineer, games. so I always think percent error, and I like that's that. pretty close. Two hundred thirty nine games. Uh, that means a season and a half, basically, that he's missed uh, yeah. for injuries and regular off days. But you know what? He when he's on the field, he does provide. Um, really good value. Uh, that's it for for, for okay. me, Kevin. I, I had to keep it brief because I, I'm getting a lot of grief lately over my trivia questions, man. I'm getting self-conscious. I, I feel like you've improved recently. You've made it a little bit easier. I appreciate the fact that you asked Dan some Kevin Kiermaier-related questions because he is a lover of Kevin Kiermaier, so I think that, <laughs> that helps from that perspective. By the way, going back to that question about defensive war, 
was uh, Longo, not Longo, um, Ben Zobrist or Carl Crawford third on that list? If you have it in front oh, of you. Oh man, I just closed that uh, tab. So ask your question to to uh, to Dan, and, and I'll be on the okay. background here, being intermiggy. Well, this is actually a question for both of you. It is my running game of guess that war. So I want you to guess the career war of a player I give out. And this one has a local tie, Tampa native, Tampa Catholic alum, former Ray, briefly a Ray. He played like 43 games in a Ray's uniform. Denard Spann. I want both of you to try to guess his career war and whoever gets closest gets uh, some brownie points here. Dana, I will let you uh, answer it first or try to guess guess his career war. I can't say I'm too familiar with war, so I've, the, the range might be a little wrong. Okay. I'll say 1.2. Is that in the right range as far as? Uh, a for little a low. Yeah, for a season. For a season. So think about if you're familiar with Denard Span, um, he probably would have gotten somewhere around that mark per season. That was awesome, by the way. We got, uh, I think we have a, a fourth co host yeah. on the show today. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm, Sorry. Coffee waitress. No, it happened. Hey, I, I've had my dog barking in the background incessantly for <laughs> minutes at a time, and we still move past. So, no worries at all. Okay, so let me see. Let me how about think. this? How about uh, Ulysses? I'll let you take a guess, and then I'll let Dan okay. take a guess off of that. Thanks. I'm pretty sure Denard Span was playing around 2007 because we were in high school. 2007 with the Twins. He played with the Rays in 2018, so that's around a 10-year major league career. Let's say he had five years of four WAR. Maybe so that's 20, and the other five maybe at two apiece. Uh, let's say he's a 26 war player. Okay, that is your guess. Uh, Dan, okay, now I, I, I know war for a season, but I haven't added it before, so I okay, I stay in the cumulative war thing now. Um, so yeah, he was a pretty good player, but I Growing up as a baseball fan, I can't say I heard his name all over the place. I'm gonna I, less scientific approach this time, so I'm gonna go with <laughs> 22. Okay, so we have 26 and 22. Stalling a little bit, Ulysses. Do you have an answer to my question about third on the list of defensive war in Rays history? I do, I do. Kevin Kiermaier is at the top at 16. Evan Longoria is at second place with 13. Number three, you guessed it. Very good, Kevin. Ben Zobris at 7.8. Okay, very good. Thank you. All right, well, let me give some context here to Denard Span. Actually, a better career than I really would have thought at the end of the day. Playing 11 years, career 281 hitter, 71 career homers, 265 doubles, 70 true uh, 72 triples and 185 stolen bases never struck out more than a hundred times in a season. I think the most was 89 times wow. actually played for the twins, the nationals, the giants, the Mariners, of course, the rays known as sort of a premier leadoff hitter on base percentage guy made $51 million in his career. And his career war is 
man, Ulysses and Dan too, but Ulysses, I think you really have a knack for this war game. Um, 28.1 was Denard Span's oh, career that's war. That's pretty close to Ulysses. <laughs> yeah. Close, man. Oh. I, I feel like now that we have this game, Ulysses is just researching baseball reference after work, <laughs> just day and night, just Googling random, random players. players. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I love this game. Very good. I think this is a great, great game. Uh, you came up with it, Kevin. I got to give you uh, props for it. Very good. Sorry, Denise, fan. I underestimated you. <laughs> it's okay. I, I think some of that might be because he, I mean, I, maybe his worst output was with the race in that short yeah. stint. It, it wasn't Denard Span-esque for his career from that standpoint. So totally understandable on that front. Um, all right. I think this wraps it up. Ramblin' Rays, Dan, thank you for joining us. Um, is there anything you want to promote or put out there? If you've got a Twitter account, social media, or, you, or if you want to remain incognito, that's fine as well. <laughs> no, I'm really not a big social media guy. Um, I I think my Instagram account got deleted because I didn't go on for like four years. Mm. So <laughs> that's they, not a bad thought, thing, quite frankly. No, honestly, I'm actually envious. That's that's awesome. Uh, keep it up. Uh, keep up the good work. It's it's an yeah. abyss. It's a dark hole sometimes. Uh, one more thing, I'd like to uh, ask you though. Um, did you have fun? Did you, would you recommend this for any locked on race listener that you know to, to to come on the show and have some some baseball fun with us? Oh yeah, I had a blast. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about sports teams, probably a little bit too much. Um, so it was nice to have a, a platform for a little bit to have a good conversation and share some of my opinions. And if anyone else is, uh, having their friends and family get annoyed with them for talking too much about <laughs> the Rays, come here, they'll listen. That's, That's awesome. Right. That's great, Dan. Uh, by the way, what are some of your other favorite sports teams? I assume the Florida Gators as well, in addition to the Rays. Oh, yeah. Big Gator fan. And uh, unfortunately, I'm also a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Oh, um, oh boy. One of the few. Yeah. What are they one in 12? One in, I, I don't know. I know they've only won one game, correct? Yes. First game of the year. Let's yeah. Lost oh. everyone else. So. Oh, my goodness. And here they play. Don't get into football. Rays. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't get into football, Kevin. It's just it's a whole week. If you lose on Sunday or whatever it is, Thursday, whatever, you have a whole freaking week of just that L just hanging over you. At least baseball. You know what? Maybe in 14 hours we get another game. So that's why I'll stick with baseball. Good way to look at it. <laughs> that is true. Uh, what about um, basketball, hockey, anything like that? Not a huge hockey fan. Um, I much prefer college basketball to the NBA. So obviously I'm a, a Gator college basketball fan, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely football and baseball are tied at the top. Okay. Kind of like me then. Very good. Very good. Once again, we want to thank Dan Foley for joining us. Hope you all enjoy that conversation. And as a reminder, uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, locked on raise at gmail.com, send your inquiry and we'll, We'll get to it and, and try to schedule you for an appearance on the Locked on Rays podcast. Ulysses, I, I feel like uh, you should, we should have somebody. I mean, when we, luckily we haven't run out of people that want to join the show, but we could <laughs> do something where we like send ourselves an email and maybe just use a voice changer and, and 
maybe create an impression and, and have a guest on that way. We have not, we have not resorted to that yet because we've had so many people that have been interested in this thing. I, I, I have a horrible English accent, but I really love to use it. Like, you know, uh, from our, you know, friend gatherings and poker games. Yes. Uh, but, but I don't know, you're, you're, you have the Indiana bump. So maybe you have a great Southern accent that you've been hiding from me all these years. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to even attempt to do that. Maybe on a future show. Thank you for sending me up there, but I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to swing at that slider that you're throwing <laughs> okay. at me. Right Spit at it. Uh, betting on your favorite sport doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by Online. Dot ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your, uh, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.